I'm going to ask Ruth to come and talk now. Thank you. Not this one, Ruth. Oh, yeah, that one. Forgive me, I'm not going to the church. <laughs> you only come once a year, so you're allowed to just look at the church. Yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> It is so it's surreal being here today. You know, sometimes when because of COVID and everything, there was always question, I wonder if I'm gonna get a chance to go back. I wonder if this is gonna happen. I wonder what's gonna happen. So it's really, really it's it's an honor to be here today, honestly. And I don't take it for granted whatsoever. And uh, because we've all seen how things can change in a blink of an eye, haven't we? Haven't we? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Wow. Thank you, there, young sir, for you're going to do my talk for me. <laughs> I honestly thought you were, and I prayed and said, Lord, please let him do it. <laughs> and, uh, okay, Spirit of God, I just want to thank you. And again, I just pray that we will just feast on what you have to say for us, to us and through us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right, I'm going to do the impossible because I've been told I've got how long? As long as you want. <laughs> There's no time. That's something you don't want to say to an African speaker <laughs> who is also Pentecostal. You can have as long as you want. <laughs> because two hours. 24 hour prayer would start today. <laughs> Literally, you know, everybody on the internet is going, yeah, we're good, we're at home. <laughs> Print as long as you like. <laughs> wow. Okay, we're going to have some readings first before we go into the talk and the, and the slides and everything. And I'm going to ask Ruth to come and read because she's a good reader and I'm, I'm a really bad reader. And that, um, can you come and read for me, Matthew? I presume you have your own Bible. Well, it's not worth it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Is that King James? Have my Bible. Oh, yeah, that's fine. We'll allow it. Almost King <laughs> James. Yeah, Matthew 25, 14 to 30. Matthew 25, verse 14 to 30. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who made the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I've made five talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. 
you have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Keep going. What was it? To the end. 2.30. Oh, sorry. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Thank you. Wow. You know, um, the Lord gave me this scripture and I was kind of like, Lord, you know, I am, I'm only there once a year. I would really appreciate something light, something nice, <laughs> you know, something that tells the roof come back. But you go and give me a scripture that says, not come back, thank you. Being in Uganda, I think, I've been in Uganda now nine years. And it feels like a lifetime. And it's not been easy. But I think my hardest, of all the things I've gone through personally, that's different. My hardest years and the most heart-wrenching years have been these two years of COVID. Twenty twenty, somebody called me and they said, "I've got a word from God." And you're like, "Yes, it's going to give me a car. It's <laughs> going to finish my house." And the person said, "For the Lord says to you, you're now going to start your ministry." I'm like, but I've been here eight years. What do you mean I'm now going to start my ministry? You're now going to do what you've been called to do. When I was reflecting on this, the Lord was saying to me that what you have been given, you've only, whatever you have been given, you've been given it because you're capable of doing it. And one of the things I love about the scripture, at the beginning it says in verse 15, at the end of the verse one, it says, to each was given according to his own ability. No more, the, the, the one that was given one wasn't expected to produce 10. The one that was given two was not expected to produce 10 or 15. Only according to what was given to him. And when lockdown came, I was like, what do you want me to do now? It's the lockdown. But the Lord kept saying to me, although there is a lockdown, I'm still calling you to do what I've called you to do. How am I going to do it? Can't you see there is lockdown? Can't you see what the government is saying? I can't go out. I can't do this. I can't do that. And the Lord was saying, I know what they're saying, but this is what I'm telling you to do. I remember sitting in my sitting room and I said, right, so if I get arrested, it's your fault. 
<laughs> if I catch COVID, it's your fault. If anything happens to me, it's whose fault? His fault. And we went out. And the first day we went to buy food, I didn't have a car. And somebody came and borrowed, um, they, come, they came, they took us, we bought the food, it was like loads of sacks of food, dropped it at somebody's house, we packed it onto little packages, and then we distributed it. And we had to go home before 7 p.m. And it was 5 p.m. So they said, once we finish, we finish about 5.30. Then they said, oh, we'll drop you home. On the way home, we realized the traffic was so hard that we didn't have enough time to get back. And the person says, uh, Ruth, you've got to get, to get out now. And I was like, get out where? <laughs> so get out now and walk. But I can't walk, it's curfew. I'm not allowed, I'm gonna get arrested. Sorry, but you have to go. And I remember walking this street and saying, anything happens, it's up to you. Anything happens, it's your fault. Anything happens. And I saw two policemen. When we're, when we're talking about policemen, I'm not talking about your policemen. This is army. And they're walking on the street. You know, like, you know the Afghanistan kind of thing? But these are worse. They look kind of not so frightening. These guys are frightening. They've got the guns, they've got their faces are like this. And honestly, I walk to them and I walk towards them like, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I walked past them and they didn't say a word. And I thought, can't they see me? I walked past, I walked past. And as I walked past, they've gone and shouted, guy next to me. Oi, what are you doing here? It's curfew, come here. And they've started ruffling up. Somehow they saw him, but they didn't see me. I didn't ask any questions. <laughs> Started speed walking. Impacting lives. One child, one village, one generation at a time. Give me the next slide, please. That's the food that we packed. And we had to secretly, the government actually announced and they said, we don't want anybody giving up food. And yet people were starving. People in the villages were absolutely starving. And the government announced, we don't want any NGO, we don't want any church, we don't want anybody giving up food. And God is saying, go. And I'm like, are you crazy? <laughs> and it was a lot of food. Let me just kind of concur. Next slide. Look. It was a lot of food. And you see this little room? It was, we literally had to creep around somebody's house and pretend we couldn't do it in our offices because our offices were not allowed to be open. So we pretended to go to somebody's house to visit, lock the doors in this little room 
and it's hot outside, but we can't open the windows in case somebody pops in and says hi and sees the food and the whole village kind of dives on us for food. So we're in there. But the Lord is still saying, go. Next one. That was the packages of food. Basic food. Rice, beans, sugar, salt. You have to give them soap because now the government rules. Wash your hands. All the kids at home. Soap is now more expensive than the actual food itself. And we packed the food. And honestly, every minute you heard a car, are we safe? Oh, my goodness. I'm laughing now. But every time I got home, I said, Lord, seriously, can't we wait until it's all over? Can't we wait until the end of lockdown? And he kept saying, go. But you know what made it worth it? When you delivered the food and you saw the smiles. This is basic. Go back. I didn't ask, are you preaching or am I preaching? <laughs> <laughs> He's getting excited, so don't go back. Thank you. <laughs> they got so excited. I don't even know when the last time you guys had beans. Go back to the other one with the beans. And the sugar. Why sugar? Because underneath the black bag is flour, which is what they make porridge from. So to make it a tree, you give them sugar. So at least the porridge, it's got some taste. I saw people crying, elderly people crying. One lady came up to me, and this lady's old enough to be my mother. She knelt down crying, and I'm like, what is it? She goes, I had rice, and it's not Christmas. And I looked at her, and I was like, Lord, help me. And then you understood why he was saying, go. You understood why he was saying, I've given you this. I've given you 10 talents. I've given you Two, I've given you one. You can't bury it. Because I had every right by law to sit in my house and wait until it's over and bury it. But when you bury what he's given you, somebody else is suffering. Somebody else is crying. Next one. Just when you thought it wouldn't get worse. We went and done the food, everything, and I came back and I remember it was, it took us one week to distribute the food. I came back and I go, it's finished, we're done. And I went and gave God praise, God thank you, we've done it. And the Lord said to me, who did you give the food to? And I said, the elderly, single parents, poor people, everybody we could find. And he said to me, who is taking care of the pastors? 
Oh, I don't know. And he said, now go back and give food to the pastors. I was like, what? Why the pastors? Every church, most churches in Uganda are independent. You're talking about the offering. They depend on the offering. The offering is what feeds the pastor. Now the pastor is at home with his six, five, four, three, two children. And there's nothing coming in. He cannot ask the congregation for gifts. They're not working. They're not doing anything. They haven't got follow. Is it follow? They haven't got follow. They haven't got anything. And I said, Lord, you want me to go to the pastors? Go to the pastors. Now, let me tell you something about going to the pastors, gentlemen, ladies. In Uganda, there is a big stigma about women preachers. Am I a woman? Yes, I am. Then there's a big stigma about unmarried women. Am I not married? Yes, I am. So he's sending me, I'm a woman, not married, to go meet the pastors. It's like sending sheep to the wolves. <laughs> and what, guess what my reply was? No. <laughs> I'm not going to the pastors. I know, number one, they're going to come. I'm going to call them, they're not going to come. And he insisted, go and meet the pastors. And we went out, played the next one. The one before, ash, he's doing it again. The one before that. Yeah. We met, our, we, we met the pastors. Anywhere we could meet, we met under the trees, snacking to school, um, old school rooms, classes. What was the purpose? We gave them the food. Then I was told to give them a word of encouragement. Word of encouragement. Why? All and most pastors have given up. A lot of them were giving up the ministry. They've never seen anything like this. They didn't know what to do. Am I called? People in Uganda were coming up with all kinds of theories. The reason why this is happening to the church is because God is not happy with the pastors. They all wanted to give up. And it was such a privilege to go and hear one pastor say, I'm going to hold on. I'm going to continue on. Next slide. Church. Don't you like your lovely building? Yes? I bet you like it more looking at that. That was a church. Now, let me tell you, there was even spiritual warfare. Do you know what spiritual warfare is? Yes? You're doing in good? Brilliant. There was spiritual warfare against, against coming to see them. 
in this particular church, we got there. And that lady, she's the pastor of the church. She's about to introduce me. And actually, this one is a different one, but another picture I've got at home. I've got a team of the driver and an intercessor that goes with me. And on this particular service, as she began to speak, animals were crazy. Animals, she goes, everything was making all manners of noises. And then the wind came in, and you see the roofing is iron sheets. Yeah? They're all stuck. But I looked at everybody. Nobody could hear it. Everybody was like this. So I nudged the intercessor and I said to her, can you hear that? And she went like this. And she went, whoa, what's that noise? Nobody else could hear it. And just there, the Holy Spirit said to me, that noise is in the spirit. And it's going to stop them from hearing your word. Pray against it. We began to pray and pray and pray. And all of a sudden, we went, it went silent. So we gave them the food. We gave them the word. As soon as I finished preaching, I went up to her and I said, how many animals do you have around here? Do you have a farm? She went, oh, no, there's no animals here. I said, no, seriously. I went outside looking for animals. I was like, where are they? <laughs> there was not even a chicken in the area. But that's not what we heard. I said, God, what are you going to do? Next slide. This is my favorite. One of the churches, again, we went to, this was a particular church that the pastor was so brave. He said, I'm opening the church. Let them arrest us. I was like, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I was like, pastor, we're going to, if God has told you to meet us in the church, we're going to meet in the church. If they arrest us, we all go. Yay. And you know what? We was in that church and the patrol cars, the police cars were going past us. And as if like they couldn't hear a thing. So we arrived at this church. Do you remember woman not married? Yes? So we arrive at this church. I'm sitting there hungry, waiting for everybody to arrive. Man, 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 man. I was like, isn't there no women here? There was no women pastors, it was all men. I got off my chair and I knelt down. And I said, Jesus, I'm a woman. Jesus, I'm not married. They're not gonna hear me. And this guy stepped on a pulpit. He was one of this one here. He was the chairperson for all of them. He got on the pulpit and goes, well, I see we have um, uh, Ruth here. She's going to speak to us. But before she speaks, I've got something more important to say. <laughs> the Lord revealed this to me yesterday. And after about 10 minutes, 
Let me let her say what she has to say. Then I'll carry on. I don't want anybody leaving until you heard this message. This is more important. Can you imagine you getting smaller and smaller in your chair? And you're kind of, you know that, like, beam me up, Scotty, anytime. <laughs> and he said, Ruth, microphone is yours. <laughs> and I got on the pulpit and I was like, oh, Jesus, help me. And I'm honest with you, I got on that pulpit and I began to speak. And at one point, I looked over this guy and he was in tears. He had tears streaming down his face. And you know when you think you've seen something, you think it's a reflection of the light. So you spiritually get over and you're like, amen? <laughs> oh my gosh, she's really crying. <laughs> I'm such a kid sometimes. <laughs> Seriously, I walked over and I was like, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Ooh, he's definitely crying, Jesus help, Jesus help. <laughs> The Spirit of God came in that place. And it turned out the message that he wanted to tell these guys is the message that God had given me. And it's the message that I gave. And when I finished, every one of them were on the floor in prayer. And I was so humbled. I was so humbled. I said, God, I have seen grace. I have seen what grace looks like. Because for me to stand, I know the history of Uganda. For me to stand before these men and for them to receive me and the word of God, it takes the grace of God. Why did this guy say, he buried the gift. We will look at this scripture and we'll think, oh, how can he bury it? He should have used it. Well, actually, we bury it every day. When we say, oh, I can't do that. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, I'm too busy. Oh, I'm too this. Every time we're burying it. And the man said that every time you use whatever gift he wants you to use, you're actually multiplying. When he finished, he came to he came before the man and he said, I don't need anything to say, but I have only one request. And he said, Ruth, and then he said, Pastor Ruth. I'm Pastor Ruth. <laughs> he said, Pastor Ruth, would you consider coming back and teaching us? I was like, wow. Wow. It's not easy using what God has given you. It is not easy serving God. And I'm not talking about here on the pulpit. I'm talking about in the schools, in the home, in the shops, taking the gospel out. It is not easy because you have to come out of your comfort zone. But I'd like to say, church, where we are, where we're going, we need to do it. We need to step out. So we're moving along through COVID, and then we realize we've we've ministered 
to the men, well, the pastors, we've ministered to the, to the elderly, the single parents, we've done it all. You think, okay, now I deserve some rest. And actually what happened was, while on another ministry to men, my daughter was getting ready to give birth. So we were, my daughter and, and her husband, we were like, um, UK was closed, but you could only come, you could only come from a country that wasn't on the red list. So they were trying to fly me to through Ghana and other places um, so that I could be here for the birth. And I remember one day I'm driving and the Holy Spirit very clearly said to me, you can't go. I was like, what do you mean I can't go? And he said, you can't go for the birth. And I thought, what? And the Holy Spirit said to me, if she has a problem giving birth, are you able to help her? And I went, no. And the Lord said, I am, so I'll be with her. I still need you in Uganda. Can I be honest? I feel like something had just cut me. I thought, Lord, haven't I sacrificed enough? I told my daughter, I said, honey, the Lord won't allow me to go. So in the end, she understood. She said, okay, mom, all right. So when I went to preach, about um, um, two weeks after I went to preach, I'm on the pulpit and I get a text. She's gone into labor. And I break down the pulpit and I said, guys, can we just pray for my daughter, please? And we prayed. She had the baby, praise God, everything was fine. And then you get opened up. And she goes, Mom, I've had the baby. Red list, you're off the red list, come now. And the Lord said, you can't go until you finish what I tell you to do. Now telling her I can't come when it was red list, it was easy. Telling her I can't come when you're longer on the red list. And she ripped into me. What do you mean? What kind of God is this that you're serving? Why can't he let you? Why do you have to sacrifice us? Ah. And I had to stay on the phone and say, I understand. I understand. But I still can't come. I'm promising you this. It was another death right there. And I stayed where I was. So I said, Lord, okay, I'm here now. You've refused me. What do you want me to do? And he said, What about the young people? Are we the only charity in Uganda? <laughs> and he said, young girls. So I went out and did some research. What's happening with the girls? What's happening here? We have been, we had been in COVID for two years. For two years, two young girls were not going to school. In Uganda alone, 100 thousand young girls had been pregnant between the ages of 13 
13 years old to 15 years old, 100,000 were pregnant, had given birth. So I was doing research. Why? What's happening? What's going on? You know what's worse? A quarter of those pregnancies were family related. Fathers, brothers. It was heartbreaking. It was called by one of the fathers who raped her daughter. And he was in he was in, 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 in prison within the police office, police. And he called me and said, Pastor Ruth, this guy's raped his mother. Can you go to the can you go to the police and make sure they don't release him? And I said, No, I can't. And he said, no, you have to. I said, I can't. I have to ask the Holy Spirit what to do. I asked the Holy Spirit. I said, go and see the family. Went to see the mother. The mother said this to me. I've got six children. If you lock him up, what happens to me and my six children? How do you stop me from resenting my daughter for the rest of my life? Because even the house we're in is rented. He pays for it. What do I do? All your Britishness flies out the window. All your rules and regulations fly out the window. So what did we have to do? Get counseling for the young girl. Begin trying to restore her. And then we ask some male pastors to begin to speak to the father. So the Lord said, do something for girls. So I asked the young people, I said, why are you, these girls getting pregnant? I don't get it. You know, they said to me, they said, when we're in schools, our parents sometimes can't afford to give us the necessities. We're all adults, right? Are we adults? Can I say it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. My parents can't buy me sanitary pads. My parents can't buy me a bra. My parents can't buy me panicas. I've had the same one for six months. I've had the same bra for two years. So a guy comes up to you and he gives you the money and you're able to go and buy the sanitary pads and you're able to go and buy yourself a new bra, new knickers, or even a new outfit. But sooner or later, he wants to get paid back. I wish I had the answers for everything, but I don't. So we put together an event. Next slide. Called I Am Awesomely Made. 
The whole event was called Celebrating the Girl Child from Osmani Bay. We found that the most girls had gone from being children at home, they were now servants at home. They had lost their childhood completely. So we did this very small event um, celebrating the girl's child. I said, Lord, what, how do we do this? And the Lord said, do it as you would do it if you was in the UK. So I was like, okay. Next slide. So that's what we've done. We got the best church that was big enough. We got tables. Danny, it was almost like a wedding banquet. Decorated it. And you should have seen the young girls coming in. As soon as they were, <gasps> that's all you could hear. <gasps> Do you know that in Africa, young girls are the most invalued people? Next slide. We filled it capacity. There were well over 150 young girls. Guess what we were supposed to have by law? 50. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you pray you haven't got a call saying she's in prison. <laughs> we're supposed to have 50 by law. Weddings were 50, receptions were 50, funerals were 50, celebrating the young girls. <laughs> Should have seen us at the door. <laughs> the girls, they had a ball. I wasn't able to get one of the, um, what do you call it? One of the videos, we had a DJ. DJ would play some music and the girls would just go and dance. And you just saw their faces. It's that for that day, COVID was over. For that day, you can see the masks kind of like were there for a minute. Ah, this party. <laughs> For that day, there was no COVID. But then what happened next is what blew me. We finished everything, and then I had two male speakers that came and a female speaker. And I cut them short. And the Lord said, these young girls are hurting. It's time for them to get healed. So I went to the front, and I said to the young girls, Many of you have been hurt by your fathers. Many of you have been hurt by your mother. But your father will never say sorry to you. And your mother will never say sorry to you. Because it's not in their character. Your mother will never say I love you. And your father will never say I love you. But today you're going to get that. And I, said, and, and, and I said, if you've been hurt by your father, there's going to be two male pastors, and they're going to be fathers. 
Now, one of the male pastors was my pastor, and the other one was, uh, he works with um, teen pregnancies, young ladies. So they were both very safe and they were safe. And, but what happened was they were sitting there, this was so funny, they were like very spiritual, very in the spirit. And I said, they represent the fathers. And the ones in the middle represent the mothers. And the guys were in the spirit. And then I said, so you're going to go to them. You're going to hug them. And they're going to say, I love you. They went. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, poor guys. And I said, fathers, this is your time to bring healing to these girls. And you know what? It was by faith, because honestly, I, you know what young girls are like, and especially teens, before they're gonna stand and go, nah, what good? <laughs> as soon as it was said, they all broke down. You could hear tears, even with music in the background, from the back. And they began to sob and cry. Next slide. And they started coming up to this little one with a baby. She didn't want to come because she was a teen mom and she didn't want anybody to judge her. So we said, come, nobody's going to judge you here. So she turned up on the day. And they all came and they just cried, cried. And I remember afterwards, one of the girls said, I had a good time, but I'm leaving this place free. I'm free. It was phenomenal. And these four young ladies, and the four young ladies I used to organize the whole thing because it had to come from young people. And they did most of the work with me, especially in reaching the young people. I don't know if God has given you 10 years, five years, one year, three years. But you know one thing I've made a choice? I've said, Lord, everything I have belongs to you. If it's my time, it belongs to you. If it's my money, it belongs to you. If they're my children, I belong to you. The other day I held my granddaughter and I said, Lord, May she never take your place in my heart. I love her, but I don't want her to take your place. She belongs to you. Because he's looking for return for what he's given us. He's looking for a return for what he's given us. So that's what we've been beautifully doing for 2021. That's what the Lord has allowed us to do and to partake in. Um, next slide, very quickly, please. I'm finishing before everybody leaves us here, me and you. <laughs> it is coming. I did one of those fancy things. What happened to me? Yeah. Oh, okay. 
No, the one before that. No, the one before that. Yeah, that one, it will come. What it was, I was experimenting on little fancy things to impress you. <laughs> but it went very wrong, as you can see. Yeah. You can see it. it was like, I was like, oh, this was good. They're going to be so <laughs> proud of me. But naturally, I didn't realise that I didn't do the timer properly. Yeah. So, anyway, sooner or later it will come up. Yeah? No? Okay. It will come up. Don't worry, I just did... Yeah, like <sighs> never doing groups, then some of you are doing them, not me. So 2020, my child impacted a total of 3,357 3, people through food distribution and all the seminars. But look at 2021. With your help, we have impacted 5,000. 226 individuals through COVID relief, pastors seminars, celebrated the girl child and water filters. 5,000, it's a lot of people, isn't it? From one person. Who became three people that set up the charity who became five people in Africa, who became 15 people that support us, 20 people that pray for us, and all together we've reached 5,000 people. Isn't that awesome? Yeah? Amen. Imagine if you had said, no, we're not supporting my child. Or if the trust is, no, we're tired, we've got too many things to do. Next one. How can you help? Please continue to pray for us because we're still continuing the work. Number two, we urgently need regular donors. Five pounds. McDonald's is six pounds 35. <laughs> six pounds 35 for a McDonald's. You know what you do? Every time somebody says, Ruth, let me take you out. Are you paying? Yes, let's go McDonald's. <laughs> six pounds. So you can donate six pounds 35 a month and miss that one McDonald's meal. <laughs> I don't know how much your, your fancy, what was it? Noki. Noki. It sounds bad, but go ahead. One pack of Noki. Now, how much? £2.50 for a serving of two people. Okay. Oh. £2.50. So £2.50 a month from you. <laughs> that means you don't eat Noki one month. One, once, once, once a month? Once a month. Once a week. Wow. He said once a week. I didn't say that. I did not say that. He came out of his mouth. He said once a week. Notice why I didn't say what he ate. <laughs> Your favorite meal, if you was to miss it once a month or once a week, you could feed Noki two pound fifty times four is what? Ten pounds. Huh? Ten pounds. Ten pounds. 
and then time was four again. Time is four is yeah, times twelve. 120. 120 pounds um, a year for Noki could feed oh, to 20 families. 20 families a year. Hey, Noki out. I can pick on him. I know he likes me, so I can pick on him. He's my friend. But we need, we seriously need regular donors. We love it. We love your gifts of once a year, maybe twice a year. But of once a year. But we love, we need um, regular donors. Amen. The other thing is, please tell your friends and family about us. It's great that you know us. It's great that you love us. But maybe there's a rich uncle you haven't told. <laughs> tell them about us. But as I end, Allow me to end with this scripture, Jeremiah 1.5. I'm finishing. I didn't even have breakfast when I got here, so stop yawning. <laughs> Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you, and I ordained you. A prophet, a preacher, a teacher, a grandmother a mother, a father, a church sweeper, put up chairs, tech person, finance, treasurer. I knew you and I ordained you. So whatever he's called you to do, whatever talent he's given you, he knew before you were born. So wouldn't it be a shame if you didn't do it? God bless you, church. Let's just pray quickly. Bow your heads. Yeah, Lord, I just want to thank you. I can say, Lord, it is absolute privilege to serve you. It is an absolute privilege to know you, to tell people about you, and to see you work in people's lives. And I want to thank you, first of all, for this church and all that they have given and they might think is small but Lord I thank you for the small because you are famous for multiplying the small I thank you for that that whatever they have given to us that they think is small you have multiplied it and it has reached more than they have ever thought so I just pray Father for us as individuals that will continue to multiply. With the little you've given us, we will use it for your glory. So that when we come before you on that day, you'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with little. You were faithful with your one. Now I'm going to give you much more. Father, we bless you and we thank you because you are the most faithful person we know. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you, church. I'm sorry I'm over time, but it's his fault. Yes, I can't. <laughs>